Hello and welcome to Grace Life Tigerberg. We are a gospel-centered church family focused on reaching the unreached and making disciples. We pray this teaching will help you to grow in your relationship with Jesus and discover more of the reality of Christianity. Amen. So we're busy with uh, our series on a life of praise. And uh, we might finish today. I said this last week as well. Um, uh, we might finish today. Um, probably not. So uh, just uh, buckle up and uh, let's have an awesome time together. Make some notes. Um, think about what stands out for you. Ask questions uh, or, or jot down some questions. If you've got a question, come and ask me afterwards. Um, send me an email or WhatsApp. Uh, we'd love to just uh, engage with one another through the word. So last week, just quickly recapping, we looked at a, a prayerful life. And um, it was really awesome, really empowering. And we really, uh, two key thoughts that we shared is prayer needs to be filtered through the message of the gospel. Our prayers need to be filtered through the message of the gospel. And that, like, uh, that's a loaded statement. There's a lot to be said about that. And we touched on some of that last week. You can get the teaching online. And then we also looked at prayer helps us walk away from temptation. And um, the scripture, just uh, backing that up, Matthew 26, 40 to 41 from the message says, when he came back to his disciples, he found them sound asleep. He said to Peter, can't you stick it out with me a single hour? Stay alert. Be in prayer so you don't wander into temptation without even knowing you're in danger. And uh, that's really uh, one of the, the, the key scriptures that we've been looking at through prayer, through being alert, through being conscious. Um, and through prayer, we get to not fall into various temptations. And uh, we shared this uh, a little bit more on this last week. So you can get the teaching online. This morning we're going to look at um, tagging on to that or from that, praying and praising from position. Praying and praising from position. And um, the titles I choose sometimes, like it could sound confusing or grammatically incorrect. And that's why uh, just stick with me. Don't now um, uh, camp there and like be frustrated. Like that's a silly title. This is that... Like, stick it out, we'll explain what the title is going to be about and what we're going to get into. So, <clears throat> if we don't understand our position, our prayers and praise will always feel like a work, a performance of, sh- of sorts. And so, uh, I'm going to make a few statements on, on position. If we don't understand our position, we'll never feel worthy to pray or to praise. If we don't understand our position, we'll always compare our prayers and our praise to another's. And even maybe this morning, some of you, like when, when we're enjoying uh, just a time of praising God and, and worshiping His name, some of you might have compared yourself with someone else. Like, oh, like why are they worshiping like that? Or I'm not worshiping like that yet. And like, uh, maybe God doesn't love me as much because I'm not as expressive in my worship as whoever. You fill in the blank. And so understanding our position will, will eliminate that. Then if we don't understand our position, we'll never be bold or confident in our prayers and through our praise. And maybe some of you are, are, are um, feeling like there's a, there's a lack of confidence, a lack of boldness in your praise, in your praise, in your life. And then lastly, if we don't understand our position, we'll feel like our prayer or praise is futile. It's not accomplishing anything. And so we're going to get into some of this this morning. Let's go to Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 to 28. 
So we want to look at the, 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 the position that we get to pray and live a life of praise from. The position that we get to pray and live a life of praise from. Genesis chapter 1, 26 to 28. Then God said, let us make human, humans in our image, in our likeness. Let them rule the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the domestic animals all over the earth, and all the animals that crawl on the earth. So God created humans in His image. In the image of God, He created them. He created them male and female. God blessed them and said, Be fertile, increase in number, fill the earth, and be its master. Rule the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that crawl on the earth. So this is awesome. Um, uh, a common passage of Scripture that we often go to, and there's so much being said in here. Firstly, God is declaring identity. He's declaring sonship over us. You've been created, each one of you. Doesn't matter whether you feel like it, whether you don't feel like it, whether you've lived like it, whether you haven't lived like it. You have been created in God's image. You've been created in His likeness. You've got God DNA. And a lot of truths from the Bible aren't impacting us because we have not come to know the truth. When I'm talking about come to know the truth, I'm not talking intellectually because I'm sharing truth with you every Sunday. I'm sharing word with you every Sunday. But every one of us are receiving that truth in a different way. Our heart is responding to that truth in a different way. And Jesus said, if you come to know the truth, and that truth is specifically in reference to who Jesus was, because he said, I am the way. I am truth and I am life. And so we need to come and understand that intellectual knowing is not enough. It's a heart knowing. It's an intimate knowing. It's a knowing that goes to your core. It's being becoming fully persuaded by the truth that is shared. And so this truth of we've been created in God's image and His likeness is a truth that it needs to shape our whole lives. Knowing our Father, that we've been created for a purpose. To walk with Him. And He says through that, because it's through identity, through knowing DNA, knowing my position, that I am in God and He is in me. It's through that that God gives them instruction. Rule the earth. Be fertile. Increase in number. Be its master. Rule the fish of the sea. So it's through that identity only. So if you don't know identity, you cannot rule. If you don't know who you are, if you don't know your position, you cannot pray with confidence, with boldness. You cannot walk out this life and live a life of praise that other people admire. It starts from knowing your position, your identity. This is who God has created you to be. In His image, in His likeness. God spoke. He spoke from darkness and He spoke light to exist. And so through our lives and through our words, we can, even, we can also speak life or speak death. We see this in Proverbs. And we determine, I can't determine for you what you're speaking. But God has given you that creative DNA to shape your world through what you're speaking. And obviously it's not just about naming and claiming. It's not about word of faith. It's about what you're believing overflowing in what you're saying. Because you can fake it till you make it. There's a lot of pastors and preachers and apostles and saints and archbishops and this and that's out there in the world with huge ministries because they're saying the right things. Or so, not really, but they, they're speaking a lot of so-called Bible out of a lot of context and they're conning a lot of people. And so it goes more than just saying the right things. It's about believing 
because you know this is who you are and it's going to overflow in what you're saying. Let's go to John chapter 15 because Jesus brings us up for us again. What we're finding in, in Genesis, Jesus brings us up for us in John chapter 15. And that's the beautiful thing of the Bible. The Bible has got one message, which is Jesus. When in doubt, I'm going to just give you guys a, a little bit of, a, of a, a side note. When in doubt, when you're doing Bible study, when in doubt, and a question is asked, Jesus is a good answer. Like when in doubt, Jesus is a good answer. But only when it's in reference to good. Don't, uh, don't call Jesus the one who's uh, killed, steal, and destroyed because that's not what the Bible says in John chapter 10. So um, the, Jesus is the message of the Bible. So throughout the Bible, Old Testament, you're going to see types and shadows. You're going to see pictures. You're going to see the gospel being shared in a, in a, in a mystery form, so to speak. And then we see the, the New Testament writers, apostles, uh, the, the apostles, and, and, and Paul specifically, and he writes, he says that the mystery now has been revealed, which is Christ in you. So it was a mystery. It wasn't hidden. It was a mystery. It was a, a, um, people saw it or they didn't see it fully because it was still unfolding. So Jesus brings us up for us what we're reading in Genesis chapter 1. And we're talking about identity. We're talking about purpose. We're talking about DNA. What God has created us for and from that, how we can live our lives. So John 15, 15 to 16. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knows not what his Lord does. But I have called you friends, for all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. Who? You. Each one of you sitting here this morning. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whosoever you shall ask, or whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. So this is beautiful. Here we see Genesis chapter 1, Jesus referencing Genesis chapter 1, because he's again calling identity out. You're not a servant. You get to serve, but your identity is not servant. Your identity is son. It's child of God. And from that identity, you get to serve. The same with my two boys, Chris and Michael. They're not servants. They're sons. But they get to serve me. They get to serve their mom. And they're doing a poor job currently at it. But they're getting there. They're getting there. Like they're only one and two. So like I'm not expecting like a, um, a lot of serving from them. And this is Jesus. So he's, 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 because now also remember... Because this mystery was, was still unknown to, to, to a lot of people, um, the, the, especially when Jesus was still walking the earth as well, because this mystery was still being unfolded, the people still had a, had a tainted view of who God is and what they were created for, what their purpose is. And so Jesus ushered in a completely new uh, idea of, of uh, relationship with God. And that's why it was one of the reasons why he was crucified, for blaspheming, calling God Father, Abba Father. And so Jesus says, you are not servants. The servant does not know what the Lord does. But I have called you friends, sons, family, for all things I have heard of my Father, I have made known unto you. So how, how much of what Jesus knew or knows what was made uh, known to Jesus, how much of that do you get to know today? Percentage-wise. What does Jesus say? All that I've heard of my Father, I've made known unto you. So is it known or is it unknown? 
It's known. Maybe it's unknown to you, but it's not because God hasn't, has made it unknown to you. He's made it known. That's why in, uh, in Timothy where we see that God's will is for all men to be saved and to come to knowledge of the truth. It's growing in knowledge that we grow to understand more of what has been made known. And that's going to require some effort, some Bible study, some investigation, some even being challenged with the word, some, some uh, um, retuning of the word, what you've previously believed. And so all of that comes with humility. It comes with vulnerability as well, laying things down, choosing to take on a new truth because the truth that you knew up until that moment was half a truth or it wasn't the full truth. And that's fine. That shouldn't scare you. We should be open to grow in knowledge of the truth. Meaning that what I knew 10 years ago is very different to what I know today. And that doesn't make me feel like, oh, I was a mistake 10 years ago because, I, because what you know today is what you know. You don't know what you don't know, right? Yeah. You don't know what you don't know until you come in contact with new information. And then you get to investigate it. Don't just push new information off because it's new to you. Investigate it. Study it out. I've made you friends. I've made it known to you. You have not chosen me, but I've chosen you and ordained you. Again, in Genesis, God created us. We didn't create ourselves. He formed us. He created us. He ordained us. Again, purpose. What did He ordain us for? That you should go and bring forth fruit. Genesis. God's design and desire for you is to bear fruit. What kind of fruit? To have houses and to have cars and to have good careers and, and to be a nice person because you don't get nice Muslims, you don't get nice uh, Hindus, you don't get nice uh, Buddhists. Fruit bearing in light of the Bible is very specific. What does Jesus say? He defines it here for us. Fruit that should remain. What do we see in Matthew chapter 6? What happens to your material possessions? They corrupt. They disappear. It's not eternal. But what is eternal? People. Jesus was a good answer there. I heard it in the background. <laughs> Jesus is eternal. You're 100% right. Like I said, when in doubt, Jesus is a good answer. You can't go wrong there. <laughs> fruit that remains. People. Souls. That is the fruit bearing. And I, there was a, a good word shared this, uh, this morning with regards to... Um, I can't remember who shared this, uh, mothering and uh, the, the, the blessing and the gift of, of having children. And it's awesome. Biologically speaking, having kids, having children. But there's more to having children than just biologically giving birth to a child. That's part of the natural design of God. But the greatest birth that you could ever give is that of a soul entering from the kingdom of darkness and into light. So it doesn't matter what your biology says. Like if you're struggling to have kids or you could have never had children, whatever the case may be, we can pray for you, you can trust for a miracle. But you can still bring forth fruit the way that God intended, fruit that remains forever. And praise God if you have a child, Chris and Michael, uh, I'm sharing the gospel with them and reading Bible stories to them. And uh, one day they're going to get to respond to the gospel. And so that natural fruit that I brought into this earth will also become eternal fruit. Because that is what the Bible talks about. Fruit that remains. And there's a, there's a little bit more to it also than that. But that is the most important thing to understand. Fruit that brings glory to God. Yes, it is fruit of, of being a good person. Like not stealing, being kind, being patient. 
But again, we've said this before, if an unbeliever can do it, then it, it means that there's more to it for the believer than just being a nice person. A person that doesn't buckle under pressure. Because unbelievers can also not buckle under pressure. There's a lot of nice Muslims out there, guys. I'm using Muslims uh, because it's a, it's a, we're, more, we're more familiar with the Muslim faith than the Hindu or the Buddhist. And so there's a, there's a lot of nice Muslims out there. I've got a very nice Muslim client who comes and buys coffee from me and I'm engaging with them about Christianity and sharing my faith with him. And uh, he's very receptive, so I'm praying for, them, for him and I'm uh, trusting for that opportunity where he's going to become fruit that remains. He's going to become fruit that, that, uh, that God has created all of us uh, for. Fruit that is born from relationship with God, being born into the family of God. Genesis chapter, uh, John 15, I'm going to read from the Passion Translation quickly, 16 and 17. It says, You didn't choose me, but I've chosen and commissioned you to go into the world to bear fruit. So again, He's chosen us, but it's through being chosen and knowing that we've been chosen, through uh, us being called into family that we get to bear fruit. It's through intimacy first and foremost. Don't go and try and bear fruit outside of relationship with God. Outside of knowing whose you are, who you are, because you'll fail miserably. And uh, one of the things that Jesus said to his disciples as well, go and wait. Now you don't need to wait anymore, praise God. Because that context of waiting was in light of Pentecost, the outpouring of God's Spirit, which happened a few thousand years ago. So today, you don't need to wait for anything. You need to Wake up. <laughs> we need to wake up, awaken to what is inside of us, arise and shine from our sleep, from our slumber. Because we have been given, God has deposited His Holy Spirit inside of us. So Jesus told His disciples, after them hearing the gospel, after them being part of His ministry for, for years, He told, tells them, you know a lot, but... Go and wait. You need empowering. So today, us waiting, so to speak, is us drawing from the empowering. Us being intentional about the empowering inside of us. Awakening to that. Stirring the gift of the Spirit. Allowing ourselves to be provoked as well by the Holy Spirit. Being a little bit uncomfortable. And your fruit will last. Because whatever you ask my Father for my sake, He will give it to you. So this is my parting command. Love one another deeply. I chatted to someone recently as well. And it was in context of they're Christian and they've got this, this Muslim friend. And um, they shared how like, their, their friendship is very good. They get along very well. And it's, it's, I'm just showing them love. Like I'm just showing them love. And I, get, I hear what they're saying. Like I'm showing them love. I'm just being kind to them. Like I'm, I'm just keeping the door open so to speak. So what they, what they meant was they have never shared the gospel with them. They're just doing life with them. Like it's just, we're doing life, we're enjoying life, we go and have a dinner together and we do this and we do that and it's just a friendship. Love one another deeply. If you had a friend and you go, you, you visit them, you go to their house, you sit down on the couch, you have a cup of coffee, and then all of a sudden, in the corner of your eye, you see something black moving on the ground. Like, what was that? Was that a mouse? No, it was a little bit longer, the form of a, a hose pipe almost, just thicker. And you realize it's a snake. It's a black mamba. 
You're like, okay, no, like, I saw it going into one of the bedrooms, so like, it's, I'm safe here. Like, the lounge, it's a few meters away. Um, I'm just going to chill and just enjoy this cup of coffee and then just leave as quickly as possible because I do know that there is something there in the room and it could come out at any moment. And then you leave the friend, they didn't see the snake, and you're like, thank you so much for the coffee, that was amazing, I'll see you again uh, maybe next week. I might not, like you're thinking to yourself. And you leave the house. <laughs> at, least you, at least you're loving them, right? You were there at the house, you had a cup of coffee, you had a good time, you told a few jokes, because you're loving them, right? That's not love, is it? If you know someone's life is at danger, and you're not telling them about it, the greatest way that you can love someone is by giving them Jesus. Because love is demonstrated through gifts, right? It's through giving. And God gave through His Son the greatest gifts of all time. And that's the greatest gift that you get to give to someone else. And again, I've shared this often, and I love this, this, this phrase and this, this challenge this is the most fulfilling and satisfying thing you'll do with your life because you've been created for this. To take this gift you've been given and to pass it on to someone else. Now, if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm challenging you. Go and try this out. Take the gift of knowing Jesus and what you've come to know about Him. Share it with someone else. And when the lights start going on and they start experiencing something and eventually receive Christ, and you see their life changed 180, most rewarding thing you'll ever experience. And again, I challenge you, if you've never experienced it, go and try it. Go and try it. Come and tell me how it was. Colossians, let's go to Colossians chapter 1. You don't need to know everything before you share with people. You're never going to know everything. So just settle that in your heart. You're never going to know everything. I'm still growing. I'm still learning new things. And so waiting till you know everything, you're going to wait till kingdom come. So start using what you have. Start sharing what you have right now. Because through sharing also, you'll grow more in understanding. Because that's how the human mind works. That's how we've been created. It's through hearing something and then applying it. Putting it to practice. Talking about it. That you start realizing what you know or what you don't know. If I call any one of you up here quickly to um, share with me, read John chapter 3 verse 16, share with me uh, what God's speaking to you from, from that. that. That might be intimidating for some of you because it's a group of people and whatnot. But it's through you sp speaking out that you start hearing what you're saying and how uh, uh, um, constructed it is or how unconstructed it is or how non-logical it is. So it's good to practice. And that's why in the body of Christ, it's easy at life group and settings like that when you're around believers to, to share. And that's why we give opportunity. What stood out for you in life group? Um, what's standing out for you? What are you hearing from the scripture? We're not doing that to test whether you l listened. It's not a test, guys. It's an opportunity to grow. It's an opportunity to see what you are learning and to grow in that. And so I want to encourage you guys to step out and go for it. Colossians chapter 1 verse 10 to 11 says, Then the way you live will always honor and please the Lord, and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. All the while you'll grow as you learn to know God better and better. We also pray that you will be strengthened with all His glorious power, so you will have all the endurance and patience you need. May you be filled with joy. So again, even in Colossians we see this, the scarlet thread pulling through. 
We'll honor and please God as our lives are producing every kind of good fruit. Go and be fruitful. Multiply. Every kind of good fruit. All the while you'll grow as you learn to know God better. Because fruit bearing comes through intimacy. Knowing God better. Knowing your desire. Knowing your purpose. That's why we've been created in God's image and His likeness. For intimacy. Because you can only have a good friendship with someone to the degree that you are of the same mind. Like-minded. A lot of people have better relationships with their dogs and cats than with human beings. Why is that? There's a lot of reasons probably why that is. But one of the things is because it's easier to tell a dog what to do or how to behave than it's for a human being. But that's immature to like choose. Now, I don't believe this is a word for someone, but like God has created us for relationship. Relationship with Him, relationship with one another. And it is going to be challenging at times because all of us have got our, our quirks and our ways that we do things or our ways that we don't do things. But uh, the, the point I'm trying to make is that God has created us in His image and in His likeness so that we can have relationships, so that we can enjoy intimacy with one another. He didn't create us as dogs or as, as cats or, or things like that, but He created us in His image, in His likeness, for relationship. And from that relationship to bear fruit, fruit that is in His heart or fruit that He desires, which is for the world to be saved and to come to knowledge of the truth. And again, verse 11 we also pray that you'll be strengthened with all His glorious power so you will have all the endurance and patience you need. Again, empowering. We've got that God has given us empowering. He's given us authority. He's given us rule to reign. It's beautiful. Jesus tells His disciples, Matthew 28, He tells them, go into all the world, preach the gospel, make disciples of all nations. And lo, I am with you. So He didn't send them out on their own. He sent them out and said, I am with you. I'm going with you. My spirit is in you. After Pentecost. Okay, Colossians chapter 1. Let's uh, jump down to verse 12 to 15. Giving thanks unto the Father which has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. So we have been made to be partakers. Again, made in His image, in His likeness. What Jesus accomplished for us has made us uh, able to be partakers. He's opened up, uh, the, 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 He's removed all barriers, all uh, hindrances for us to enjoy partnership with God. Partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son, in whom we have redemption through His blood, even the forgiveness of sins, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. Verse 15, Jesus is the, in, the image of the invisible God. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And then Hebrews records this for us and says that uh, Jesus was the express image of God. Image. Genesis chapter 1. You've been created in, in God's image and in His likeness. Jesus, who was the image of the invisible God, is the firstborn of every creature. He was the first of all of us. And He is the image of the invisible God. You guys see the connection. You connect the dots. That's why we also see that as He is, so are we in this world right now. How is Jesus? He is perfect. He is bearing the image of God. 
Now, in your life and through your actions, you might not fully express the image of God. And the only way that you're going to express the image of God is by starting to believe that you are who He says you are. And stop magnifying and taking more value in what people have said about you. What your friends or family has said about you. What culture says about you. What society says about you. You're a failure because uh, you didn't finish high school. You're a failure because you only do this job. Or even the lies you're believing from Satan himself in your subconscious. What God says about us, what Jesus made available to us, should become the most valuable voice of our lives. Let God be true and every man alive. What does that mean? It doesn't mean that every man is a liar. But if, if any man or woman speaks something over your life that is contrary what that, to what God has declared over you, it is a lie. That's why it's important to come to know the truth so that you can differentiate between lie and truth. Deception and truth. Jesus is the image of the invisible God. And so we are the second, third, fourth and whatever number born after the firstborn. Because Chris is my firstborn. Guess what Michael is? My secondborn. Not a trick question. Firstborn, secondborn. That's how it works. One, two, three, four, five. And so it carries on. Um, if you don't know the next number, just come chat me afterwards and uh, we'll, uh, we'll just sort that out. Um, so if Jesus was the firstborn, it means that all of us have followed that. And if Jesus was bearing the image of God, what are we bearing? The image of God. Not because of what you've done. Not because of what you haven't done. But because of who He's made you to be. You've responded. If you responded to God, if you received the Spirit of God, Jesus, the gift of life, you are experiencing image bearing of God Almighty. Now God wants that to come out of you. And that comes through relationship with Him, relationship with one another, growing and being equipped in the Word of who God created you to be. We have a calling, a purpose. God called us. He chose us before the foundation of the world. Let's go to Matthew 10. He's chosen us. This is God's destiny for every man, every woman to bear His image. Matthew 10 verse 1 says, And when he had called unto him his twelve disciples. So what did he do? He called the twelve unto him. This is a beautiful picture because it's only by coming unto him that we can go out and bear fruit. It's only by sitting at his feet and enjoying intimacy with him that we can go out into this world and bear fruit. So Jesus called the twelve disciples unto him. And then from there he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out. To heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. This word called is defined in the uh, Thayer's uh, dictionary as to call towards oneself or to summon and invite and to call unto. So Jesus called them unto himself. Because he knows it's only from that place that we can go out and bear fruit. Fruit that will remain. Let's go to Romans chapter 9 verse 24 to 26 from the Passion. And it says, Even for us, whether we are Jews or non-Jews, we are those he has called to experience his glory. Say called. 
So he has called us to experience his glory. Remember the prophecy God gave Hosea to those who were rejected and not my people. I will say to them, you are mine. And to those who were unloved, I will say, you are my darling. And in the place where they were told, you are nobody, this will be the very place where they will be renamed children of the living God. Again, let God be true and every man a liar. I can't determine this for you. No one can determine this for you. You need to determine in your heart whose you are. You need to come to believe and become persuaded by God's word and what he declares about you. Because this is not a prophecy. This is just how it works. The devil is cunning. He's a lie. He's called the father of lies. He's going to sell you lies. One after the other. He's going to sell you lies. One after the other. If you don't know the truth of the word. What did Jesus say in the desert? With every temptation? No. The word of God. Man will live by the word of God. You cannot counter temptation. Lie with anything but the word of God. And what he declares about you. We need to grow in knowledge of truth. Position gives us boldness. The boldness that you are experiencing, um, someone shared this uh, recently, and it was awesome, um, just this vulnerability of, of sharing how they're looking at, at some of the guys in, in, in their setting and, and seeing how they're responding and how they're praying and how they're operating, and they're seeing boldness, they're seeing confidence, and they want more of that. And this is God's invitation for us to be bold, to be confident in who we are. If you think about um, Prince Harry, Prince William, they're confident in what they have. They, they, they throne, they reign. Like they don't need to, if anyone second guesses them, they're going to laugh. They're going to laugh at them. They know what their bloodline is. And we too, from a spiritual point of view, we need to become confident and bold in who we are. Because if we become confident in who we are, whose we are, then it will overflow in boldness and how we act in different situations. Let's see this uh, in, in action. Acts chapter 4 verse 13 and we're coming to a close. Acts 4.13. Let's look at the Passion Translation. It says, oh no, let's look at the New Living. Sorry there. Um, the members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. For they could see that they were ordinary men. Say Ordinary. You might feel like an ordinary man or woman. Not both, just one. With no special training in the scriptures, they also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. What brought about the boldness? All of their learning and studies of the scriptures. No. Not all of their Bible knowledge. But they knew one thing. We see this in Paul's life. He says that I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ. That brings about a boldness and a confidence. Where people of learning, people of, of different qualifications, different status, will look at you and be amazed. Not because of what you have, but because of who you have. Jesus. That's awesome, man. It, it, the gospel and, and God's invitation to our lives is so simple. It's so basic. And, and when we just surrender to that and stop wanting to complicate things, we start experiencing life and peace and its overflow and become the bold men and women who God has created us to be. We'll become the, 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 
the creation that the creature is waiting for. Romans 8 verse 19. The creation is waiting for the sons of God to be manifest. That manifestation is going to come through you knowing who you are, whose you are, what God has created you for. Proverbs 28 1 says, Guilty criminals experience paranoia even though no one threatens them, but the innocent lovers of God, because of righteousness, will have the boldness of a young, ferocious lion. If you want to experience this, this, this boldness of a, of a young, ferocious lion, it's not going to come by you listening to, 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 to talks of, of uh, public speaking and how to articulate your word better and, and, and how to like, be more expressive and extravagant and uh, extrovertic, <laughs> making up words here, um, in your being. That's not what this is talking about. Oftentimes we, we, we perceive boldness as only expressive, only loud. Jesus was often the quietest person in the setting. At one moment, obviously, he turned over the, 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 the money ta- uh, changes tables. And so there he was a little bit more loud and expressive. But most of the time, Jesus was bold in his quietness and his gentleness. And so we, we shouldn't look at boldness just from an exterior point of view. Oftentimes, it will, look, uh, will be manifest in an exterior way, but it's not always. But boldness basically comes because of righteousness. Where does righteousness come from? Jesus, faith in Christ. It's through faith in Christ that we are made righteous. Okay, last verse. Let's jump down to John chapter 17. We get to, we get to pray and live a life of praise because we are God's sons and daughters. This is our position. Your condition might change. You might not always feel like a child of God. You might not always feel like a saint, a, the righteousness of God. You might not always feel like that. That's your condition. It changes your condition. But your position is fixed. You are seated with Christ in heavenly places. You've got a fixed position. We need to come to know this, be persuaded by this. We are not called to go out and bear fruit by our own power, but by His power. We need to know that we've been called, given power and authority to pray and praise and see God's kingdom come. We get to see results and change because we are in Him and Him in us. John 17, 22-23 says, And the glory which Thou gave me, I've given them, that they may be one, even as we are one, I in them, you and me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that you have sent me and has loved them, and you have loved the same glory which God gave Jesus is the glory we get to experience today, which is God's Spirit. That is His glory. That is His manifestation. That is the anointing. It's God's Spirit in us. And that glory is there for a purpose, not just for you to experience heaven one day, but it's for you to bring heaven to earth here right now on earth. That's why Jesus prayed, prayed, as it is in heaven, so be it here on earth. What's God's will? For men to be saved and to come to knowledge of the truth. Let's make that a reality on earth. And allow the glory of God, the presence of God to be seen in our lives. And all of this comes through knowing firstly and foremostly daily, being reminded of, meditating on, this fact that we've been called, we've been created, 
We are part of his family. We've got his DNA. We're bearing his image. And from that place, we get to pray with boldness. From that place, we get to be bold and confident in our lives and allow people to, to be amazed at how we're doing things because we're building our lives upon Jesus. Amen. You can find more of our free teachings on our website, www.gracelife.ca. And if you're ever in the Tigerberg area, we invite you to join us for one of our gatherings. Our aim is to help you discover Jesus, find family, and experience life. To contact us or to find out where and when we meet, visit our website www.gracelife.ca.